0: Sports fans, it's time for Strong Style. Impact Media's dive off the top rope into the world of mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. Before we get started tonight, I want to remind you that if you want to be a part of the show, if you want to send us a question, comment, suggestion, rating, review, tickets to WrestleMania, kidding, kidding, seriously, you guys should go to WrestleMania. Do not send us tickets to so that. I would feel bad at WrestleMania with those tickets. But just kidding, guys. Seriously, don't send us anything. Here are the ways you can contact us here at the show. You can email us at 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the blanket email for Impact Media. There's no sense in us having like 15 emails. So we just have the one blanket one there. Uh, That is the number 3endzone at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, whether you look for Impact Media. I have a couple pages because Facebook made one for us and will let me combine them. Uh, you can also search Jeremy York. You can also search Strong Style. You should be able to find us that way. If you're a person who likes to, just click a link and listen to a show. Definitely appreciate you guys. And you can do so by going to at Team Impact Media on Twitter. Click the link. Just scroll down and click the link of the show you want to listen to. You can listen to it as many times as you want. There is no cap. Uh, if you want to follow me for show-related things and unshow-related things and just random things that I decide to post, I've uh, really been pushing KSU hockey here lately. Hopefully you guys have checked check that out. They are fantastic. Uh, but you can follow me at TheImpact99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok and Instagram and of course you can find us anywhere you find a podcast including podcast one the iTunes store and Spotify. We actually had somebody let us know the other day that they started listening to us on Spotify. We appreciate that and we love when you guys tell us that. Now, there is a lot to get to. Uh also special shout out here in uh near the we're outside the Atlanta area but in the Atlanta area uh had to drive through there a couple times today, and uh, thoughts, prayers, everything to all the people affected by the tornadoes and bad thunderstorms all uh, all around, including Alabama and into Georgia. In fact, uh, drove right past a building that had the exterior wall knocked off of it by a tornado just a handful of minutes before I drove through there. So uh, thoughts and prayers to all the people affected. Now, tonight, we're going to talk about things like Battle of the Belts. We're going to talk about things like Impact Wrestling being in Atlanta this weekend. But first, as we always do, we are going to talk about the UFC. Do we have some of the notes? We do. We'll talk about that in a minute. All right. This weekend, the UFC will be at the Apex. Because this... Is it this card? No, I don't think it's this card. I think it's another one coming up. Is it... Yeah, it's another one coming up. Okay, anyway. So, this one was supposed to be Nazardine Imovov against Kelvin Gastelum. Gastelum picks up an injury. So instead of losing the main event, which has happened to them a few times, instead they find a last-minute replacement, and what a replacement they have. This is something out of the indie wrestling books, where uh, the hero goes down, you're like, gosh, who are going to get to do this? And then just like the most random, crazy, off-the-wall choice comes out, and everybody loves it, except for the opponent, and... In this situation, that's very possible because who did they get to face to uh, to face Imovolve? Who is gonna face or who is going to replace Kelvin Gastelum? How about Sean Strickland? Yep, that's Sean Strickland. How amazing is that? Sean Strickland, who comes in as a plus one oh five against Nazarene Imavol at a minus one twenty-five. That is your light, heavyweight main event. And while I would give the slight edge to Emovolve, that line tells you that Sean Strickland has a very good opportunity to get back in the win column. I think he's like one and two, I think he's one and three in his last four fights. He's just, uh, he's, he's had a couple of issues here and there and things have happened. Um, I'm a big fan of Emovolve. I like Sean Strickland too. I think Emovolve is a really, really good fighter. I just, for some reason, want to go with Sean Strickland, so I'm picking Sean Strickland. I don't know why, other than maybe I'm just completely out of my mind. So we're gonna go with that. I'm going Sean Strickland in the light heavyweight main event. Uh, next up, as you, and people who are new to the show, I pretty I will go through the main event, or I will go through the main uh, the main card. And my picks on those, and then I will mention to you some other fights on the card that uh, maybe could be worth uh, looking into. Uh, match number two on the card, Dan Ige is going to take on Damon Jackson in the featherweight division. Ige is the favorite at minus 120. Damon Jackson is a plus 100. That tells you that this is a very, very close fight to where even Vegas had to put it close. Uh, I, th- I-, I think you go Dan Ige on this one. Uh, Dan Ige, I believe, is is the, the better fighter. I think he's probably going to win by decision, but um, Ige is one of those kind of, you don't want to say underrated, but he's a guy that's not often mentioned. He's not often mentioned when people start talking about uh, some of the better featherweight fighters. I think Ige is right up there. Always have great performances. I think him and Damon are going to put on a show. I think he's going to win by decision. Uh is it Punhuele? We're going to Punhuele. Soriano It's going against Roman Kapalov. I probably said Soriano's name way better than Kapalov's. Apologies to both. Uh, match number three in that one, middleweight. You've got minus 160 for Soriano. Kapalov is plus 135. Go with Punhuele. Soriano is a really, really great fighter. Uh, they both committed 9-2 record not saying that Kapalov can't pull this off, which he definitely can use his power. But I, I just think Soriano is, is going to pull out the victory in this one. I tend to think there's going to be a finish. I tend to think it's going to be a finish, and that's what I'm going to go with. But I uh, take uh, Punwele. Match number four, Ketlin Vieira versus Raquel Pennington. These are fun. This this is a fun fight. Women's bantamweight division on going to put everybody on notice. Uh I, I think I got to go with the Vegas here and uh they they favor at minus 130 Ketlin. I think I think you do plus 110 for Raquel Pennington. You I mean it's it's such a close thing to call that you could actually you probably make money betting on either one. Uh but I will take Ketlin Fierro. To pull this one off, I think I, I think it might be a finish and it might be on the ground. I, I I don't know though because these these two women could could throw down for three rounds and be fantastic. So uh, either way, I'm gonna take Kellen Vieira for that one. And then finally, Umar Magomedov at a minus one thousand. Yeah, they like Umar. Versus Rayoni Barcelos at plus 650 in the Bantamweight division. Are they saying Barcelos can't win? No. He very much could. They're just saying that Umar is really, really good. Which, part of that minus 1,000 is because his name is Nurmagomedov. Well, let's be honest. This thing should probably be closer to minus minus six or 700. But you get a little bit of a name bump. And, uh, I mean, he's 15-0, though. So he's, he's quite good. Go number I I don't think you can make any money on this because minus minus one thousand means you would have to put up a thousand dollars to win hundred. Yeah. Good luck with that. Uh, there are some other uh, really good fights on here. As where was it? There it is. Nick Fior is taking on uh Matus Rebecca Re- 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 Rebeske. Rebelski. It's spelled Rubecki, but it's Polish, and I think it's Rubeski. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. I probably butcher it, and I'm gonna get yelled at by um, uh, a third of my in-laws, but I I'm gonna say take Mateus or yeah, I think it's Mateus. How you say that? Uh, take him over Nick Fior. You got Alan Nascimento versus Carlos Hernandez. That's gonna be a fun fight. Uh, or how about? Right out of the gate, we get Sahara Eubanks as a minus 240 favorite, plus 200 for Priscilla Cochera. is a really good fighter. The fact that she's the underdog, the underdog in this, that's that's just crazy. And that tells you what Sahara is, is really up to. That should be a fun fight. This entire thing is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. So if you don't already have ESPN+, plus, I bet you know how you can... Find out how to get it, but that should be a lot of fun. This is all taking place this Saturday. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, let me go through some headlines real quick, and then we will dive into the world of professional wrestling. Uh, the PFL is doing a. They have two formats this year. They have uh, the regular season and tournament, which is what they've been doing up until now, and that is where. Uh, If you're part of the regular season, you fight a couple times. Based off the way those end, you get points based off finishes and wins. And uh, the most points makes it to the tournament, top four, and you go for a million dollars in the title belt. Or there is the uh, other pay-per-view format where it is, uh, I call it prize fights, but it is just big fights. It's the one that Kayla Harrison's going to do. It's the one that Jake Paul is probably going to be a part of, where it's a lot of one-off fights. Should be good, though, because there's a lot of ways you can build things that way. Um, There's also going to be a PFL Europe. If you guys haven't checked that out, you definitely should. They have some loaded, loaded divisions in that one. And also you can, uh, I think you can go on the PFL's Instagram, I think is where I saw it. And you can actually see the places and dates for uh, all three PFL Europe events this year. And I think one's in Dublin, one's in New... I think they start off in Newcastle, I think the end in Dublin. I think the other one's in Munich, Germany, maybe? Sounds right. Those are three incredible locations, especially for MMA. I'll be honest, usually I don't tell you what I'm drinking. Not because you don't need to know, because they don't sponsor the show. Well, this place doesn't sponsor the show, but... uh, it feels like they do as involved as they are Uh, i have coffee from the buttered udder and if you are out in the west georgia area they have a couple locations they have one in hiram they have uh one in Carrollton, and they have uh, the one out in bremen which is the one i stopped at that's the main location and they have fantastic homemade ice cream uh, all these flavors that are just just ridiculous they have uh, all the baked goods. I prefer the peanut butter pie. I could eat about fifteen of them, which is why I only buy one and leave because if I sit there, I will eat more of them. And uh, they got the coffee. They've got the brownies. They've got cookies. I mean, they just got all kinds of amazing things. Uh, at one time on Friday nights, they were doing pizza, and, and it was fantastic, just fantastic. But uh, like I said, buttered butter. up. If you're anywhere near them or see them anywhere. Tell them the Impact sent you, and uh, eat everything. Eat everything they got. But that being said, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the other format that the PFL has, when they do those prize fights and things like that, they are going to do a... I don't know if they're going to do this with the regular season one too, but it is a 50-50 pay-per-view split with the competitors on the card. Now, obviously, let's say there's five fights... On the main card, which are that's 10 fighters clearly, and a 50 50 split. So that means each of them are getting 5% of the the buy number. I I don't know whichever pay per view number they want to do, which is groundbreaking. But let's also keep in mind that it's not going to be an equal split among those 10. It's going to be, you know, the main event is going to probably get more then then uh, you know the the fourth fight and, and you know it's gonna it's gonna probably tear down the way it should and and, and I I think it's gonna tear down so that's that, that's how it's gonna go but still to get part of a split that's that's just incredible just. Incredible. Nobody else is doing that. And it's going to force some of the things that PFL have already done and are currently doing or are about to do are forcing the Bellators and the Ryzins and the 1FC. And I'm sure Eagle FC that uh, Habib is a part of and also uh, the UFC, it is forcing them to have to adapt to some things. Now I don't, I don't see the UFC doing a, uh, a split like this, uh, unless that's negotiated in. But a 50/50 split between the organization and the fighters on the main card. That's, and we don't know. That's just the main card. This is a 50/50 split, so it may be with just the main events, main and the co-main or something. But that's groundbreaking. The PFL continues to do fantastic things. They do a lot of things to help the fighters. All the fighters that, that I talk to at the PFL, uh, and even the ones that, that that I see in other interviews, speak highly of the PFL. and It's not because they're in the PFL. Even fighters that are no longer in the PFL said that they, they, they're they're all about helping the fighters, and through helping the fighters is what helps build the PFL. And that's what makes them fantastic. But 50-50 split. I look forward to seeing how that is going to shake out. Um, There are a couple rumors. And I don't know. These are all just rumors. Because I have yet to 100% confirm any of it. Any of it whatsoever. And uh, it is that the WWE is not only up for sale but here are the people who are potentially interested. You have, there's a Saudi Arabia public investment fund. You know, a lot of groups from Saudi Arabia have uh, purchased a lot of things, including soccer teams, football teams, and, and uh, other things here recently. You also have uh, Endeavor group holdings. You have Amazon. Netflix, Discovery, Warner Brothers, Disney, I hope not, Fox, and Comcast that are all looking at purchasing the WWE. The WWE has hired J.P. Morgan to advise over potential sale, which they are saying could take place as soon as mid-2023. And as part of this, Stephanie McMahon has stepped. She has resigned from her position. It's not. She's not running or nothing like that. She wants to be a mother. I mean, she's basically helped keep the WWE all going and everything. So she's wanting to to be a mother and, and do some other endeavors that she has. So she is stepping away. Vince has stepped back in and on the on the uh, as I don't think he's he might be chairman again, but he's back on the board. Triple H is still running a lot of it. Uh, Nick Khan is running a lot of it. So I don't think a lot is going to change. They're just going to have a new potential owner. And I don't blame them. I mean, at some point, they were going to have to change things up anyway. Whether they bought it away from from Vince or, you know, whatever was going to happen. I think Vince was looking to step away. And the best way to step away is to sell it. So... That's uh, that's kind of how that goes. We're gonna keep everything in, you know, in front of us. Anytime we hear anything, we're gonna tell you guys right here on the show. But until then, let's jump into the wrestling action. And let's start since we're right there on WWE. Let's start with Monday Night Raw from last Monday, not this past Monday, from last Monday, where uh. You know, you get the bloodline. They come down. They basically destroy—not really destroy, but they—they kind of throw their weight around down at ringside. That brings out Kevin Owens. That brings out security and Adam Pearce in the locker room to control them. And um, I, I just like what the bloodline is doing right now. They're—they're they're not being—they're being disruptive without being destructive. And they're—they're they're one of the best things out right now. They know that. Roman's one of the top performers by far, competitors, and athletes. And Sami Zayn is the star of WWE. That's why it, uh, that, that theory that, I think it was Ariel. I think Ariel Helwani had that, that theory that Sami Zayn could win the Royal Rumble and somehow take on Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That, uh... That could be really great. But they come down, they, they can disrupt some stuff, get some stuff going. Uh, we did have Bianca Belair defend her title against Alexa Bliss. Alexa was actually winning the match and, and doing a really good job. She was actually kind of pulling Bianca through that. And you guys know how I feel about that. And then it ended up being a DQ because uh, there were people with with sheep masks that uh, and, and the jumbotron kept kind of uh, fidgeting out and showing the the bray upside down moth logo uh, maybe they're gonna drag Alexa back into a group with him that would be spectacular I think she done some of her best work uh, alongside Bray but it ended up getting her DQ'd because she just annihilated Bianca at that point Uh, Which, fantastic. Alexa, seriously, is one of the better performers. And she doesn't get enough credit for it. Um... What else was there? I mean, he had Sammy and the Usos beat the Street Profits and KO, but... Everybody beats the street. Profits. It wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, Seamus Drew did come out. Uh, Dexter Loomis had a pretty good win over over Chad Gable. It was uh, it was okay. Um, um, Elias took on Solo Sokoa in a street fight. Solo ended up winning. Uh, they did a that, that was the the music mayhem. It's, um, they they come up with so many reasons to have street fights and no DQs and stuff. And just why can't we just have wrestling? Why can't we just have wrestling matches? It just I don't know. It uh, I think you're wasting. You're trying to show Solo as a beast. You brought back Elias as Elias. Use him as Elias instead of as the doormat for everybody else. Uh, but we did see damage control especially Bailey get into it with Becky that's those two need to have a program for sure they're two of the best and if they're not gonna go for a title at least have them face each other and uh, it'll be some of the best not not just female the best wrestling you will see on TV right now uh, that did of course bring about Becky against EO Scott uh, yeah Becky versus Eo Sky and Dakota Kai the tag team champs, Damage Control, um, Bailey was out there. Then Mushin come out to be Becky's partner. It didn't matter. Io and Dakota end up with the win in that one. Theory versus Seth in the main event. I was wondering what they would do a little while back with Theory. He had the briefcase, but he he had the he was doing the selfie thing, and uh, he just it looked like he had no direction. He was just spinning his wheels. And then they took the briefcase off of him, and everybody was like, oh, man, they don't like him. They're going to get rid of him. No, they put him in a program with Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins. Oh, oh that's because they're going to use those two to bury him. No, they're going to use those two to build him up to a whole new level. He is at the top of the mid-card, almost into the very small spot right there on the main card. He he is on, on the main level. He is... Just doing, he's doing some spectacular stuff. Uh, Theory did win against Seth to retain his title, but uh, Theory versus Seth, we know Cody's about to come back. Uh, throw Cody into this mix as either the third or fourth competitor, and just, just look out, because it's going to steal the show. Theory is getting close to being on that level. Uh, he's not quite Dolph Ziggler or Seth Rollins or, or somebody who can just take over a card, but he's getting real close to being one of the guys in in such a thing. Uh, but that led us. That was that was all a raw it was a SmackDown where the Bloodline come out. Uh, Roman said some things, and KO and uh, the KO come out. Um, it's really funny to watch. Roman try to break people out of character to watch Sami Zayn do it very successfully a lot. Uh, it's, it's really funny. I think that's one of their goals each time they come out is to try to make the other one break. And uh, the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, take turns being the ones to just almost lose it. It's Really funny. Uh, but we got Kofi from The New Day versus Escobar from Legado del Fantasma. Escobar actually gets the win this. Now he is a very, very accomplished wrestler outside of the WWE before he got here. So before you guys say, "Well, who is this guy?" Kofi's been here forever. Uh ah, they're they're a lot more equal than you think. Uh, good win for Escobar. It was a really good match to start off Raw. I mean, smart, start off SmackDown. And uh, it actually fed into another pretty decent match as Carrion uh, Cross and Scarlett took on Emma. And Madcap Moss. Apparently, Moss and Emma are a couple. Congratulations to them. We know that Cross and Scarlet are. Uh, Cross ended up with the win here. Uh, Moss can learn a lot from being with Cross. Even when he takes a loss. We'll go all Dr. Seuss on that one. Uh, but but that's if, if you're Madcap Moss, that's somebody you would want to work with because carrying Cross will not only take you to different levels. But he will make you better. Uh, Cross gets a win in that one. Uh, Charlotte came out and was called out by Sonya De- Deville, and then Charlotte wiped the floor with her as she should. I, I really, I guess I miss Charlotte, and I'm glad that she's now champ on SmackDown, and um, uh, it it just fits better than what Shayna and Rhonda were trying to do. It was that was bad booking by. The WWE on that it just made no sense. Ricochet took on Top Dollar from Hit Row. Uh, Ricochet ended up with uh, the win in that one. He qualifies for the Royal Rumble. I don't know why you would waste Top Dollar on that because he would be great to have in the Royal Rumble. A big guy like that who can move, you could do a lot of cool spots. Maybe he finds his, his way into it at that point. But um, they did attack Ricochet after Top, uh, Hit Row did. After everything was over, um, Braun, Strowman did come down and help Ricochet out. They seem to be buddies now. And that led us to the main event we were supposed to get a couple weeks back, but Drew got hurt. Sheamus and Drew McIntyre versus the Usos with Solo Sokoa. The Brutes ended up coming down as well. The Usos retained their titles. This was a decent match. But it seems like every time that the bloodline is involved with practically anybody, it ends up in just a Donnybrook by the end of it. Just a chaotic, all-over-the-place brawl. And that's pretty much what this ended up being. That leads us to NXT. Better yet, before we go to NXT, we're going to take a short break. We're going to tell you about our friends from betonline.net. And when we come back, we will talk NXT and the rest of the wrestling circuit from last week. We'll be back. After this. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact York from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. And we're back here on Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. want to welcome you guys back. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. They have the betting and the wagering lines. They have the podcast, and they have the amazing articles. Everything to make you either better, more informed, and more educated on betting, on your fa- on wagering on your favorite games and players, or just to make you a smarter fan. No matter where you have your sports debates, BetOnline.net can help you win them all. Really should add that to the commercial, shouldn't I? That's just off the top of my head. That's not even what they told me to say. Uh, We talked about some WWE, some headlines, and some UFC before, in PFL as well in the early part of the show. If you missed that, uh, start this episode at the beginning, and you'll catch it there. Let's jump into some NXT where we got to see Carmelo Hayes. This thing opened up with Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams versus Apollo. We really thought, or at least I did, really thought Apollo was going to win this, but Carmelo ends up with the victory. He doesn't even do it underhanded. He straight up beat Apollo. What a great win for Carmelo. It would not surprise me if either he or Grayson Waller were to get a call up to the main roster soon. That's Carmelo or Waller. For one, they have similar kind of basketball-ish gimmicks, and you either need to change one of them, and I don't see either one of them changing because who they are, or you'd have to move one, and I think they could potentially move one. But then Axiom come down at the end, and uh, because Apollo was getting... Pummeled by Carmelo and Trick, and that led to Trick Williams versus Axiom, where Axiom ended up with the win in that one. Uh, DiJack took on Stax with Tony D'Angelo. DiJack wiped the floor with Stax, and Stax is a good hes a good talent. Donovan Dijak has been a top talent, a, a big-time top talent, especially in NXT and places like Ring of Honor for a long time. Uh, I like this new Justice thing he's doing. I just want to see where he's going with it. He's starting with Tony D'Angelo and and Stacks. Let's see where he goes after that. Then uh, pretty much about every major competitor, singles competitor, and Toxic Attraction uh, all came out and tried to make... uh, it, It turned into a melee. But they all tried to make a case on why they should be number one contender. or why it's, it's, it's one of those, everybody gets a chance to talk. I don't know that everybody needed a chance to talk, but they did. And that's, uh, that's just how that kind of played out. Now, just to get everybody's name out there. Like I said, it started with Toxic Attraction. Then Cora Jade come out. Then Zoe Stark. Then Nikita Lyons. Wendy Chu. Thea Hill, and then the rest of the locker room. And it actually, uh, it started off the next match, which was Alba Fire versus Isla Dawn in a no DQ. It started it off in the back as they were already going at each other. Uh, Alba Fire ends up with the win in that one. I feel like at some point, Alba Fire is going to get called up to the main roster and Isla Dawn is going to run NXT very good competitor got a great look uh, great how she plays things up and great how she she just performs uh, I'm an instant fan I didn't know much about her at all until she showed up and uh, through her actions I, I'm a fan I, I'm an Idon fan f- by far uh, I think she has a lot of potential to do some really good things uh, in NXt and maybe take the women's division in a completely different direction just depends on how they want to do it it don't listen to me anyway, so I could float theories all I want, but uh Albufire gets the no DQ win in that one, and those two destroy each other. But they're good; they used to be good friends, used to team a lot in uh, NXT UK, so that they know each other really, really well. sure and the Creed brothers finally called each other out. I like the sure is like, "Oh, we're going to destroy you, but we're not going to attack you. We're going to keep other people off of you. We want you on a percent." We want to show everybody we're the top team. And the Creed Brothers, as good as they are, they're they're still relatively new to the pro game. Uh, They were in the amateur ranks for the longest time. Uh, Really good, I think, Olympians. uh, Indus sure could be a really good team, and if they have a pretty decent little small run in NXT, I could see them getting called up very quickly and uh, maybe being that dominant team. Maybe, maybe, and sure is that team that, that beats the Usos. It's got to be somebody. Why not two big dudes? Uh, Oro Mensa took on Bernal, and of course, Bernal loses. Oro Mensa, pr- pretty good talent. Let's see, Drew Gulak with Hank take on Andre Chase with Duke Hudson and Thea. Gulak ended up with the win in that one. Uh, Dempsey was watching in the back with his arm in a sling, and then later on he didn't have his arm in a sling. But Dempsey is going to be a big guy down the road. We we definitely... Not not because he's Regal's son. We don't know if Regal's going back WWE or not. If he does, would he manage his son? Would he go against his son? We all know who he is now. He actually looks like a young Regal if you look at him. But... uh. Dempsey and Gulak, if that's going to be the next feud, that's going to be a great feud, and I look forward to it. And then we ended, no, Uh, The New Day came out, and Schism came out as well, and that led to Kofi Kingston taking on Joe Gacy. This was a great, great match. Uh, Joe Gacy, underrated performer by far. you come up short on this one, Kofi gets the win. And then we go to the Waller effect that had Braun Breaker on it. Uh, I think Waller is going to be the guy to take the belt from Braun Breaker. Waller has potential to be the top heel on NXT. I think he's real close to taking that crown. And I could see Waller getting the call up, just like I said earlier, Waller or Carmelo. And if Waller does, I think he can make an immediate impact on SmackDown or Raw. Uh, That leads us to Impact Wrestling, and I want to tell you that Impact Wrestling will be right here in Atlanta. Well, down the road in Atlanta. We're not in Atlanta. This Friday, I believe, January 13th, that's tomorrow, from when we're filming this in Atlanta at Center Stage. There are still great seats available, according to the website I am looking at. Here are your matches for Impact, hard to kill. Uh, 8 p.m. start, by the way. You're going to get the Death Dolls, which is Jessica Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie, are going to take on Giselle Shaw, Savannah Evans, and Tasha Steeles with Jay Vidal. I guess that's uh, the new little skinny fella hanging out with with, uh, Giselle Shaw. That is a six-knockout tag team match. Don't particularly know why. I thought they would defend the belts maybe, but... uh, Great. All six of those competitors will get a chance to perform. Uh, This is an interesting match. It's a six-way match where you're going to get Allen Angels. You're going to get Bupender Gujar. You're going to get Kushida, Speedball Mike Bailey, Yuya Yumura. And local talent, Action Mike Jackson. Yeah, that Mike Jackson. He is a local legend out here where I am at. On top of, uh, he was a legend in the NWA and in and the uh, the indie circuit, all over all over the nation, really. But uh, the fact they're going to use Mike Jackson, that is awesome, and I hope uh, he he is notorious for uh, holding your arm and running the ropes. And when I say running, he's not like Undertaker like step and then a step. No, no, no. He he just he just like take off like at a half jog across them. Uh, but that is spectacular. I guess, like, well. I'll go ahead and do predictions on these. Uh, the Death Dolls are going to win that first match. Uh, more than likely, Speedball Mike Bailey wins the the six way match. Although it would not surprise me if Kushida. I'm not going to make three picks in a in a six man match, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Kushida is is the other one that could win. Because it's not for anything. Um, but I will take I will take Speedball Mike Bailey in that one. We are gonna get Jonathan Gresham, who was trained. Quite a bit of his training was um, probably 15 minutes from center stage. I remember. I remember the later parts of his training. I remember seeing it. Yeah, I'm that old. <laughs> uh, but Jonathan Gresham was gonna take on Eddie Edwards. That might, if they just straight up wrestle and don't get into kendo sticks or chairs or anything like that, then that may be the best match on the entire card. It may steal the show. But I feel like Eddie's going to find some way to get a chair in it or something, because I don't know why he does that. He's a fantastic wrestler. I'm going to take Jonathan Gresham in that particular match. Uh, Trey Miguel is going to take on Black Taru as a singles match for the Impact X Division Championship. Trey Miguel will more than likely pertain. Joe Hendry is going to defend the impact digital media championship against Moose. I don't know how he's going to retain, but uh, I'm not going to say his name because then he might appear, but I do believe in Joe Hendry. And uh, for some reason, I I mean, I like Moose too, but for some reason I think him is the impact digital media champion, is better than having Moose to it, but it's one of the few titles that Moose hasn't held, so if they had Moose hold it, great. But uh, I think Joe Hendry is is really building something great and building a great following, and I hope he finds a way, DQ or something, to retain his belt. Uh, Rich Swan is going to take on Steve Macklin in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Falls Count Anywhere match. I'm going to say Steve Macklin is probably... Going to win that one because it makes more sense for him going forward. He at one time he was in the world title picture and then now he's in a fall count anywhere with Rich Swan, who was also former world champion and has done nothing but hang on the mid card ever since. Makes not a lot of sense. There is a four way match to determine the number one contender for the Impact Impact Knockout World Championship, where Diana Perazzo, Killer Kelly, Marshall Slamovich, and Taylor Wilde will all uh, we'll all compete with each other. Um, Killer Kelly hadn't been on as much, or I would say she's got some momentum. Masha Slamovich makes a lot of sense. Taylor Wilde does not. And Deanna Prazo makes a lot of sense as well. So I've got between Deanna and Masha. Masha just had a – man, they both kind of had opportunities recently – Diana would, which would uh, get after me for this, but I'm going to say Masha Slamovich wins this match. I just feel like that no matter who wins the Knockouts World Championship that we're going to get to next, uh, for some reason, Masha makes more sense to me. And she's good. And she's upcoming, but Diana Paraza is one of the best wrestlers. I did not attach gender to that on purpose. The best overall wrestlers going right now. There is Jordan Grace is defending her Knockouts World Championship against Mickey James. It's a title versus career match. The next time Mickey James loses, she is retiring from wrestling. To retire in Atlanta, that makes some sense. I don't know where their next event is. They don't have it up yet. But uh, if it was in Nashville or something, that would also make sense to be a last match there. But Last match, and it could be. I'm going to say the problem is is a lot of people have tried to retire Mickey, and nobody has been able to do so. Do Do they let Jordan Grace be that person? I think they do. I think they do. That sounds like a very impact thing to do. I'm gonna say Jordan Grace retains her title, and Mickey James is done, which sucks. Mickey James, really good, and uh, a real legend. Which is not a way of saying she's old because she's not. Yeah, uh, she's just she's done about everything you could possibly do in professional wrestling, and took the women's division anywhere she went to just higher and higher places. So, uh, thank you, Mickey, whether it's your last match or not. Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, are going to defend their tag titles against Heath and Rhino. Also against the major players, which are Brian Myers and Matt Cardona. And also against the Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay. Well, I'll tell you, I could make a little bit of a case for any of these teams. Uh, Bullet Club hadn't done Dilly Squat in a while. Heath and Rhino. Somehow had to lose their belts to the machine guns, so I don't see them getting it back. If the machine guns do not retain, it is because the major players find some random way to win, which is crazy because they're good enough to win on their own. But give me, you know what, give me the major players to win the tag belts. Why not? And then that leaves the main event. Josh Alexander defends his World Impact World Championship against Bully Ray, who won the Call Your Shot Battle Royal, and this is calling his shot. It's a full metal mayhem match, otherwise known as an ECW special. They're going to use everything not nailed down, and probably most things that are as well. What makes the most sense is for Bully Ray to win. So, And it's not because I'm not a big Josh Alexander fan. It's just time to pivot. Even if you give it back to Josh later, he's, he had a great run with it, but Bully Ray as the bully of Impact makes way more sense than anything, which means they probably will do the opposite of what I just said. But I'm going to take Bully Ray to be your Impact World Champion. And like I said, that is this Friday. That is tomorrow. Uh, check that out. A lot of places you can see it on pay-per-view. Or if you're in the Atlanta area, go to Center Stage. Great seats still available. Now, let's go. Uh, New Japan showed a match from Wrestle Kingdom 11 in 2017. It was Kenny Omega versus uh, Kazuchika Okada. It might be one of the ten best matches of all time. It was anytime those two get together it's it's just five star classics. And uh, go back and watch it if if you didn't get a chance to. Anytime Omega or Okada are on any match, you should be watching it. Uh great match. I think Okada ended up winning it. Nope, maybe Kenny did. I don't remember. I think I got caught up in it, I didn't write down who won. But uh just fantastic. I don't know why they were showing a match from two thousand seventeen when they got so much new stuff going on, but uh, New Japan, you should definitely be checking that out. Let's go to AEW. Let's do Battle of the Belts first. AEW Battle of the Belts, they had a couple decent matches. The acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster defended their AEW World Tag Team Championships against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal in a no-holds-barred match. Once again, this is just an excuse for People to use chairs and and all kinds of other. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff. I wish they just straight up wrestle like they did before this. But the acclaimed keep their tag belts as they should and slap nuts and madness. I don't know what they're going to do at this point because well, I sat and sing is not going to wrestle because uh, hey, all he does is come out now. Him and Sanjay Dutt. you get a two-foot guy and a seven-foot guy that uh, just kind of dance around. Uh, Jade Cargill defeated Sky Blue in a AEW TBS championship match. Um, for one, they didn't build Sky Blue up at all. She is a fantastic wrestler, fantastic performer. Uh, Jade's getting better. You guys, a lot of you guys know I'm not a big Jade fan. Uh, she's getting better. She's still new. Uh, she just runs over everybody. She practically beat everybody in the division, some of them two or three times. She's even beating people that used to be in the group with her. I, I don't know. Just it, it seems like you've just painted yourself in a corner and there's not much you can do. Because you haven't built up anybody. You can't bring anybody from the outside in. It makes no sense. But uh, Cargill wins. Uh, although I think Sky Blue is getting more and more fans and support because uh, she's fantastic. Shout out Sky Blue. Orange Cassidy defeated Kip Sabian in a AEW All-Atlantic Championship match. This thing went, guy went over 15 minutes. It was uh really really good. Kip Sabian very underrated. Uh I want to see him and Penelope develop and do a lot more on the show. Hopefully they're given the opportunity to do so and not just thrown aside after losing to Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy helps carry AEW. It's it's crazy. We actually know that the next Battle of the Belts is going to be on April 7th in Kingston, Rhode Island at the Ryan Center, by the way. We don't know anything else about it other than that. But Uh, it should be fun. Let's go to AEW Dynamite. We open up with Jericho taking on Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks gets the win. Like I said, I I give a lot of credit to Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks could easily be, um, he could have a career like a Cody Rhodes or something. He's built a lot like him. He he does a lot of stuff similar to him, but he also has, Cody was never much of a super talker. Like, he can talk, and he can make sense and stuff like that, but he was never one to just start spewing words like Starks will. He's got the insults, like MJF, and... uh, it could, really, it could really suit him well. Uh, but Starks wins and get attacked by the JAS. Accident and Andretti comes down. That whole fireball of the face thing is just weird. But it's something they're still doing. It'll lead to, to more stuff and tag matches down the road. But the fact that Jericho is at a point where he is starting to put over the younger talent tells me that he doesn't have maybe a couple more years left before he's going to walk. He'll probably stay on as a leadership role and things like that and development and coach. But uh, Chris Jericho has had, I don't even think it's arguable, he's had the best overall wrestling career. When you look at, at everything he did in Japan and WWE and WWF and WCW, ECW, AEW, everywhere he goes, he makes the place better. He, he might have the best overall career of anybody. Um, Hangman and Moxley get into it again. This led to a match that just happened last night. I will have a good report on that next week because I actually had a good friend and good friend of the show who attended last night. And uh, I have not gotten all the details out of him yet, but uh, he said it was a fantastic show. He had a really good seat down close. And uh, just said it was electric, just it just like being at a rock concert, and and ev- you know movie premiere and everything all in one, which AEW puts on a good show. Something I hope to go to in 2023. Um, Jarrett and Lethal took on the Acclaimed. This was the first match of the week, and they faced each other at Battle of the Belts. The Acclaimed won. This particular one, this was a way better match than the Battle of the Belts. Way better match. Uh, this let after that, Brian Danielson took on Tony Nese. Of course, they had Josh The Goods Woods and Mark Sterling out there as well. Uh, and then after Danielson beat Tony Nese, it's a good match. Tony Nese held with, held his own with him. Uh, Danielson called out MJF, and they got into it a little bit. And MJF instead of having the better one liner. Uh, Danielson snuck one in there that I don't think he was expecting, and uh, Mr. Maxwell Jacob Friedman got tongue-tied for a minute. It was pretty funny, but uh, Danielson versus MJF could be a really, really good match. It could be a career-defining for MJF. More than likely, he will retain when he does that. But uh, Danielson's gonna, gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna take a piece off of off of MJF in that match, and he's he's gonna. Is you know the price of taking taking on Brian Danielson is is a, a steep one. Uh, Swerve beat his friend Ar Fox. They used to be good buddies and uh, faced off a lot in Lucha Underground and other places. This was a really good a really good match. These these two are are you know former buddies, so they know each other really well. The mogul affiliates were down there as well. Didn't really play into it much, but Swerve ends up with the win. The gun club come out and try to remind everybody that they're still on the roster, which good for them they are. I like that they split their dad away from them, Billy, but they're not doing a lot with them. I would like to see the gun club stay away from the acclaimed and kind of build up. Kind of build up a good case for why you should be a top contender and then become a top contender. Um. Sky Blue and Kira Hogan took on Jade Cargill and Red Velvet. At one time, Red Velvet uh, refused to tag Cargill and dropped off the ring. It looks like that Kira Hogan and Red Velvet are going to pair off just fine. Sky Blue, once again, gets lost in the shuffle here. And uh, I, I thought she was actually the better competitor in this match. So shout out Sky Blue again. Darby Allen took on Samoa Joe in the or the TNT title, and Darby pulls it off. I don't think it's an upset. Darby's really good. Samoa Joe's really good. Uh, I thought they did everything spectacular, did some uh, exceptional spots. It come down to Darby doing multiple coffin drops and eventually took out Samoa Joe. Sting come down to help celebrate. And there's the rumor that sometime this year Sting's contract is coming up. They don't know. Nobody knows if he's going to resign or if they're going to offer a resign or any of those sorts of things. But uh, Sting's another one that had a incredible career. Even his resurfacing and uh, coming out of nowhere, the things he's done for WWE, the things he's done for obviously WCW, and the things he's done for AEW, and especially Darby, uh, he just beyond legend, man. He's he's one of those uh, Rushmore guys, I think. And I don't even like doing those. That led us to AEW Rampage, where Moxley and Danielson took on Top Flight. What an odd matchup this is. Top Flight, uh, just the movements they have, they're appropriately named. Those two, uh, Darius and Dante Martin, are are Top Flight competitors. Uh, They're going to be a really good team somewhere down the road. I mean, they're already a good team. They're going to be a top team down the road. But uh, Mox and Danielson end up with the win in this one because uh, Moxley just doesn't lose often. Uh, a team called the Renegades took on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hader, and Hader and Britt, of course, ended up with the win in this one. Um, I, I think they're trying to line up a good competitor for Hader, and they just haven't, outside of of her and Britt having to face off, right now they haven't been up to line line up a whole lot of. Uh, good stuff here. Uh, Preston Vance, otherwise known as Pedro Pelgroso. I'm working on that. Because, look, guys, I, I learned foreign languages thanks to sports. Because I took French in high school, so Spanish sometimes is not my strong point. French definitely isn't. <laughs> but, uh, he took on a guy named, uh, Sonico. And uh, eventually rips the mask off of him. Apparently, this is gonna be his new thing. I am a I'm a hundred percent, I'm trying to not say a thousand percent, because it can't be a thousand percent. I'm a hundred percent against ripping the mask off of people unless it is a stipulation in a match, and even then it should not be a stipulation in a match um uh, more than about once a year. Um, but the fact that he ripped the mask off Sonico and then drug him halfway up the entrance ramp. Uh, not a fan at all. But Preston Vance, less well known as Pero Pellegroso, could be a big talent down the road. He, he, could, he could be a monster for them. Um and then lastly, Mike Bennett took on Darby Allen and uh, Darby retains his belt. Uh, Mike Bennett's a great competitor, by the way. He had Taven and Maria down there, but uh, Darby is just on fire. Having the TNT belt back on him is a good thing, and I think a move forward. Having Samoa Joe hold on to it for a while was good. I think at some point we're going to see Samoa Joe go back to Ring of Honor when it splits off, and uh, or drop that that TV title either as soon as it, you know, as soon as he can, or or early on in the Ring of Honor thing, and, and come back to. AEW, but, um, great, great wrestling action, great UFC action, so many good things to come up to, we are to the end of the show, appreciate all you guys allowing us to come on and do, and talk pro wrestling and MMA, two of my favorite things in the world, right here on Strong Style, uh, make sure to remember that UFC, has an event on Saturday on ESPN+. Check that out where it is Sean Strickland versus Imoval. Uh, and, of course, Impact Wrestling has Hard to Kill tomorrow night at Center Stage. You can also find, I think, Fight TV and a bunch of other places are showing it. But until then, this has been a great edition of, another great edition, of Strong Style. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting. Deuces, gooses.